All right, what's up, everybody? Today, I'm super excited to announce my guest. He's a former UCLA Bruin, a native of Harbor City, California, and the current kicker for the Spring League's Conquerors, Matt Mingle. What's up, bro? How you doing, everybody? How you doing, man? Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, no worries. So uh, let's start off talking about a little bit about your hometown of, uh, you know, Harbor City and what makes it so special. Um... The older I get, the literal it becomes. Um, I mean, it's California, high taxes, high gas prices, stuff like that. But as a kid, you don't really recognize that. Uh, too many people for my liking. Um, I was sitting in traffic. But, I mean, I was born and raised there. Um, uh, my parents and grandparents are there. Uh, my girls, all of my girls' side of her family is there. So it's... I guess, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a special place, you know, and I've, I've grown up there. I got the football in LA as well in college. So it's just, I guess LA will always be home. Yeah, that's dope. So uh, you attended two schools before you went on to UCLA. Kind of take us back to like high school and like your recruiting process out of high school and how you ended up at UCLA. Um, in high school, I played 11 man football or not 11, eight man football. We had 11 people on our team. So I played every position from tight, uh, nose guard to wide receiver to punter kicker, like everything. Um, I think I even ran the ball once or twice and even threw the ball once or twice, um, there, um, I was a soccer player growing up and that was kind of my only reason why I wanted to join the football team in the first place was to kick a football. But uh, I quickly learned that they would rather me play other positions as well, just because of my size. Um, I, I, after my branched out and for my, my junior and senior year, I played, I played pretty much, everything um both sides of the ball never came out uh, actually all three sides because I was on special teams too kicking so I literally played a hundred percent of the games um the hundred percent of the time um all, all three uh, special teams defense and offense and the only breaks I would have are like between quarters or um at halftime uh, um from there I was really good at soccer at all positions, but as I got older and started like meshing, like there's a lot of good soccer players out in uh, Los Angeles. It started like, like meshing with the old, like, um, like 16, 17 and 18 year olds. I just, uh, I mean, I could keep up because my size, but my speed, it was, it was slowly declining because I was getting taller and bigger. And, um, I mean, guys in soccer, five, 130 pounds, that can run eight miles in 30 seconds. <laughs> so like, it, I was, it was, I, I figured it would be very hard for me to be, to compete at the highest level in soccer in college or in, or even like for MLS or something. So after 16 years soccer career and after high school football was over, I really didn't think I'd have a future in sports. So I was really contemplating joining the military I was really I was four years um having paid for your schooling sign a contract uh get out 
um, go see the world a little bit, serve the country, you know. Um, my parents were all for it. It was cool. And then one of my good friends out of high school, his name's Joshua Jordan. He He's a sheriff now for the Orange County Sheriff's Department. But he went to L.A. Junior Har- Harbor College. Um, it's a city college that um, was literally right by my house, and I had no idea it was by my house until I actually went there the first day and was like, dude, I could walk here. But um, he begged and begged and begged me to come and try out as a kicker. And I was not feeling it. I was just like, bro, like, I really, I really could care less. I don't think I have a future in kicking. He was like, dude, you can kick a football. I've seen you kick a football. Just come out and, and just give me one day. Just give me one day. And he, I was like, you know what? Like, all right, bro, if it gets you to shut up, I'll, I'll come out for one day. Hey. And uh, out, I met Brett Peabody, the head coach at LA Harbor at the time, um, their, their defensive coordinator and their wide receivers coach. And they came out and they had a kicker. They had a guy on the soccer team that was trying to kick there. And they brought me out and they, they backed me up all the way to 60. I went 100% all the way back to 60. I kicked off and I didn't punt too great. Um, but I was just, you know, no technique, super raw, so trying to blast the ball as far as I could. And um, before I left, he was like, you got all three jobs. Um, so we'll see you tomorrow and text me your info because I'm going to start getting you enrolled in school and we're going to get you classes and you're going to be coming here. And I was just like, like frick man what's going on like I went home and told my dad and my dad was just like do it well he was like do it I mean you can you can join the military until you're 34 right like 36 and even then after that I think you can join it like office positions and stuff so just go do it now you're going to college and I support it fully so then I, I started pursuing kicking seriously in the junior college level um and then I started going to these ranking camps and then I started winning these ranking camps as a kicker either coming getting in the finals or winning all of the camps all through California um, I went to one in Whitewater Wisconsin that I finished second place in against actual kickers that kick for university so I lost a, kick, a kicking competition to Roberto Aguayo while he was at FSU. I was still at LA Harbor at the time, and I lost to him in the finals off a 63-yard field goal. Um, and that kind of clicked for me and was like, you know what, I can do this. And then everything kind of, like, my paradigm kind of shifted, my reality kind of shifted, and I was like, everything's about kicking now. And I started winning all these camps. Um and then I got a call saying that the the head coach, my head coach, was moving from one junior college to another. And he asked me, like, I need you to come with me. Like, uh, come be my kicker. There's a punter there. Like, um, you're a great kicker. Just come kick for me. And I was like, dude, like, I'll follow you. So I followed him over to Long Beach City College. That punter ended up getting a full scholarship to Nevada. And. And that that meant I did it at at Long Beach City College. Um, And from there, I had six offers at the very end of it. 
Um, the three main offers that I was solely focused on was Berkeley, New Mexico, and then UCLA came a week before fall camp started. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I was committed to Cal for a year. Um, um, made the decision to decommit from Cal verbally because after talking to them so much and actually talking to some of the players on their team, I did not think that I would have had enough scholastic support there. It's a very scholastic school. Like, like they're sometimes good at football and they're sometimes not, but like what's more important there is like schoolwork and stuff. And mm -hmm. like, like getting a degree is important to me, but I don't want to be spending the night before a game doing my homework and having a tough time doing it because I have no like student help uh, or like like tutoring and stuff you know like like I'm not an idiot but like if I'm learning stuff while having such a strenuous football schedule like it's going to be tough on me to like organize and get everything focused and at the time like mentally I'm not that mature yet I'm still um, 19 years old I'm a young kid like you know what I'm saying so I thought that I would be very overwhelmed at Berkeley um, And so at the very, very last, I decommitted. Uh, and the, how, how it all kind of happened was uh, funny. Um, so Jim Mora was the head coach at UCLA football, and Sonny Dykes was the head coach for Cal. They were on the same airplane flying to, I think it's Ohio, Canton, Ohio, where ESPN has their headquarters. Yeah, something like that. I think something like, well, they were on a plane together. I don't know how they got on the same plane together, but they were sitting by each other on a plane, flying out there for some, like, Pac-12, like, coaches meeting or something. Um, Sonny Dykes offered me a full ride after I told them that the Lobos offered me a full ride, the New Mexico offered me a full ride on the plane. And so I um, – I called the Popa, who was the special teams coordinator at the time for um, UCLA. I was like, look, I, have two, I now have two full ride offers. I don't know what I'm going to choose, but it doesn't look like I'm going to UCLA because I'm not trying to pay tuition. Like, that's not happening. And Jim Mora heard Sonny Dykes saying, like, Matt Mango, we're going to offer you a full ride on the plane. And then... Jim Mora called me and pretty much said, yeah, you know, fuck it. You have a full ride for me. I'll see you in a week. We're going to fucking rock this. And I was just like, all right, full ride UCLA. Let's go, you know? That's and sick. that was that. So I committed to UCLA as a long distance field goal kicker, a kickoff specialist. And then when I got there, I was converted to a punter because they needed a, a, a punter. They needed their punting duties fulfilled. And the current kicker that was there was very established and um, doing very well. And they didn't want to make for him. Um, so it just, I guess it all worked out, you know? Yeah, so that kind of leads me to my next question. You were, like, primarily asked to punt when you were at UCLA. Um, but you were able to, you know, even though, like, you're also able to kick – um, is that like an adjustment for you or kind of were you already like familiar with the punting game a little bit? Um, 
punting and kicking are two different things. They actually brought in someone for me to train under. And they brought in a special coach named Meyer um, and Chris Caminetti. They brought them both in um, to help me learn. Chris Caminetti was with the Patriots for a while as a special teams guy. And Bo Ortmeyer's father actually coached for the Raiders. And they both brought, they brought them both in to uh, help me learn punting. Um, when I went there, my whole focus and technique-wise was all focused on kicking. Um, that's what I was good at. That's what I uh, – that was kind of like my bread and butter, and I still feel like it is. At, um, the second I got there, it was mostly just like, okay, I got to learn how to punt consistently and do it well. And if, if I can't do it well, I need to find how to get the fucking job done, you know? Like, I have to get that job done, like – I'm playing for a school now that is ranked number seven in the in the polls in college football. Like I cannot be doing anything bad. So like I can't have a bad ball. Like I had plenty of bad balls in college, but uh, um, I had a lot too. But huge transition for me. Um, it goes from like, okay, just, just take three steps and kick a ball straight now to take two steps as fast as you can and put it exactly where we want it every time. Wherever we say we want it on the field, put it there. So, like, it was a huge adjustment for me learning how to punt um, technique-wise on, like, a more professional level, you know? But – um I got it done. Yes, sir. You were actually bro, very, yeah, very bro. good. Yeah, you were yeah. very good at UCLA, bro, averaging over 40 yards a punt. Um, what kind of, like, NFL interest did you, like, get following your college career? Uh, so the Patriots and the 49ers worked me out at my pro day. Um, I was blessed because we had over 132 personnel at my pro day. Um, we had um, – who was it? Miles Jack, Eddie Vanderdose, um, Jordan Payton, um, Kenny Clark. Bro, we had like 10 dudes that are all on NFL rosters right now coming out at, during my first pro day. And it like all of, this, all of the scouts, GMs, player personnel people, they were all there. I did great in my punting workout. Um, I didn't get any looks after my pro day besides – DFL teams. Um, um, after that, see, and then I got worked out by the Jags. I did very well in that workout, and I did so well that they won't release my workout film. And I've been asking to this day for it, and they still won't release it. Um, and since then, I've just been here doing uh, combines. Uh, I signed with the Arizona Rattlers. I had a mini camp invite with the Colts that got pulled because of COVID. Um, the Rattlers situation, uh, I ended up getting released because of COVID. Um, and then I, I felt like everything was going right until COVID hit and it kind of just, it kind of just kind of wiped me clean and I didn't really know what was going to go on, um, throughout this process, but, um, Brian Woods with the spring league came through and I've been doing very well at all three, which is really, really hard to do at this level there's not many that could say that they do all three at the highest levels 
Yeah, and I'm doing sure. it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that just kind of leads me to my next question again. Uh, you currently play in the spring league. Kind of how's that process been? How's that experience been? And how's that, like, kind of differ from, like, a routine in, like, college and at the NFL level? Like, like I know you like your routine's a little crazy. Like, I know you had to – you guys had to prepare for a game, like, last second last night. So, kind of just take us into, like, what's it like being in the spring league? Um. The owner of the Spring League, Brian Woods, I can tell is doing everything that he can to make this possible for the players and the coaches. Um, at times, things don't go right, um, like a team getting COVID and the whole team ending up having to forfeit a match and then moving us the game. So, like, it's completely understandable for contractual reasons why I had to play last night instead of getting ready to – what time is it now? I would have kicked off for I would have kicked off maybe an hour ago I think um my time you know but um Kinchbox I completely understand at the time I was kind of bummed that I wouldn't have a rest day but then my mind kind of automatically was just like dude you're built for this you're a tank screw it I don't care if you go in with 20% leg. If you have an opportunity to showcase your talents, you just need to go and showcase your talents because not many people get this opportunity. So I just tell myself to nut up and be a man, and it sucks. But in a perfect – my buddy – actually yesterday was like, you know what, Matt? You, you fucking call me when you live in a perfect world and, and invite me over because <laughs> I want to be there too. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll call you, but like, he's absolutely right, bro. Um, Spring League has been amazing. I've been playing under Jerry Glanville, uh, June Jones, um, Dennis McKnight. Um, everybody on my staff was with the Houston Roughnecks, uh, the Vipers. Um, Hamilton Tiger Cats, multiple NFL organizations, uh, University of Hawaii, um, they know what they're doing. Um, and they're helping me get better. Um, they're helping me mentally and physically. Um, I haven't had one complaint about my staff. Um, they're extremely smart in what they do. And I, I, I do a special teams assistant coaching at Long Beach City College for Peabody now. And just seeing the way that they conduct themselves in practice is, uh, it's amazing to see. Um, I'd say special teams wise, we are the most sound and most proficient team right now on all three sides of special teams, because that's how much they focus on it. Um, my experience with the spring league, they feed us three times a day. Meals are great. Um, sometimes it starts to taste the same because you know it's cooked in the same spot, but um, who am I to complain, bro? It's I, it's free food, like, you know, and it's gourmet food. Um, shoot, I don't have any food with me. I ate it before I came on, but uh, I mean, like, look, I have this right here. They give us, like, once a week, they'll give us these boxes of Gatorade, uh, protein shakes they'll give us cases of water for our rooms i mean i have a two bed um hotel room i got a 50 inch tv for here if i ever just want to kick back 
Um, I got a little balcony right here. I just want to go and talk to my daughter. Um, what else, man? Spring League staff is great. The media staff is great. Uh, they do everything that they can to help us get exposure, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram. Um, the equipment staff, um, whatever you need, even though they're short on uh, equipment sometimes or they, they do everything they can to get the job done. I really don't have any complaints at all about the spring league. As much as I hate kicking every day, it's I have to kick every day because I do all three. And there's just no option for me not to kick every day. So I can sit here and complain, like, damn, I don't want to kick every day. Like, I hate kicking every day. But at the same time, it's like I have to do it to help my team win, you know? Yeah. Um, the Alamo Dome is great. I played there against Kansas State in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, we beat them. So I was kind of already familiar with the stadium. Um, locker room's great. Um, the treatment is kind of lax, um, but I mean, I, I have my own roller, stretch bands, percussion massagers, KT tape, cupping kits. Like, I got everything I really need here to keep myself 100% or close to 100% as possible. Epsom salt baths, ice machines on the floor so I can ice bath. Um, I mean, it's professional. It's as professional as it gets, um, without being a top, a top lead. You know, I mean, the Westin, the Westin River Rock right here in San Antonio. I could go downstairs, and um, if I stepped outside, I'd be right on the River Walk, which is sweet. Like um, little boats passing by, shops everywhere. Um, I don't know. Is there anything specific you want to know about the spring league that? Uh, no, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just, yeah. Just describing my experience right now. Like, um, I mean, it, it sucks. It sucks ass that I have to live in a hotel, but at the same time, it's like I have FaceTime. I could see my daughter. I could see my, my, my wife, my future wife, um, my dad, um, my teammates are chill. Um, we all go to each other's rooms and play FIFA and Madden and Smash Brothers and stuff like that. And it's cool, man. It's just a, it's an easy, it's a good environment. And I, from my point of view, um, I can't complain. I'm sure from other people's points of view that they could probably complain about some things, but at the end of the day, it's, I don't give a fuck what I have to go through as long as I get an opportunity to showcase that I can do all three at the highest levels on national television. And that's all that matters, dude. Yeah. So I guess one of like the biggest misconceptions, I guess I would say about the spring league is that, you know, guys aren't really like necessarily playing to win. Is that, is that true? Or like, what's the, what's the vibe there? Are you guys just like kind of playing to showcase your talents or are you guys like playing to win? You know, like if it's like a crunch time. People are winning, you said? Yeah, like like play to win. Are you guys playing to win, or are you just trying to just trying to showcase? So so think about this. Think 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 about this from a scouting perspective. So I'm a scout in the NFL, and I'm considering the spring league as a developmental league that, that I could bring in players. If that team is not playing to win, why the hell do I want to bring them into my organization? Exactly. So of course we are trying to beat the brakes out of every team that's here. It, like we've only been team for three and a half weeks and we're three games in and we got one more game and if we win that game and certain teams lose 
we can end up uh, we can end up going to the championship game um, just off how many points we've scored. So like, um, I haven't sensed that anywhere here that people aren't trying to win. Um, in my position, even if we don't win, and I did my job, that shows. I mean that film for me you know but heck throws six picks and he's not trying to win but he made one good pass that don't look good you know so like everybody wants to win like I want to win I want to kick a game winner from 68 yards dude like you know it's it's just that's how that's how we are I mean you put men in the most violent sport there is and you put them um, against each other, not knowing who they are, and knowing that they're on a team, and they got to trust each other. They're gonna form a. They're gonna form a a pack, and they're gonna try to run through everybody. They know, so this is how it is. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, who's the best athlete you've ever played with, and then the best you've ever played against? I got okay. Three names for you, Miles Jack. Um, he I actually was saw so him. good. Yeah, I he saw was him play so in high good school. as a linebacker that they put him as a DB and he would lock down receivers. This guy's this guy's six three, like two fifty five. He ran a forty like a four four with four like. They put him at running back and he would score touchdowns. They put him at linebacker and he would rock people. They put him at a DB. He would lock people down. Um. I'm, he could probably even play wide receiver, bro. Um, I'm I'm shocked that he isn't like Derrick Henry right now because I I personally thought that he was a better running back than he was a linebacker. But um, that him by far is probably one of the most impressive athletes that I have ever had the pleasure of playing with and sharing a field with, bro. I wish I still kept in touch with him today, but that was one dude that impressed me the most. Um, played against Tyler Lockett, dude. I played against him. Uh, I mean, I played against McCaffrey, but I always felt like Lockett was way more explosive and precise with what he does than McCaffrey does. McCaffrey's kind of, I mean, McCaffrey's explosive, but in like live like scenarios, he's just trying to run forward as much as he can, or check, or, or catch those bubble passes or swing passes. And Lockett was always, Lockett was extremely good as a wide receiver and extremely good as a returner. Um, I think Lock Tyler Lockett, who plays for the Seahawks now, was a lot more impressive to me when I played against him than Christian McCaffrey was. But McCaffrey would be the second player that was very impressive. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, you know, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, he wasn't that impressive in college, but he worked in that into that Rams quarterback coach, and now he's doing great. Uh, I'm trying to think. Brett Hundley was a beast. I like Brett Hundley. Um, he'll get his shot in the league soon. He's just been sitting as a backup for a while, but he'll get his chance. Um, Brett Hundley was really good. Um, Those are just a, a few top of the names that come to mind when I think about guys that I play against or played with. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
kind of what's been like your biggest adversity you've had to face, whether it's in like your football career, whether it's in your life, kind of what's some of like the biggest adversity you've had to face and how'd you get over and how'd you overcome that? Um, just self-doubt, bro. Um, I mean, I'm the greatest kicker of all time, but there's always that chance, like, dude, I'm still not signed to a team, so there's always that self-doubt, you know? Self-doubt is probably the most toxic and infectious thing that could ruin, like, my mind mentally um, that I've had to overcome. And that's just growing as a person and realizing that self-doubt is just... uh, it's like ego. Like if you have self-doubt, then you care about things and that's just not how you should live your life, you know? So I think self-doubt has been my biggest thing I needed to overcome. Um, when it comes to being good, like I know I'm good enough, but then when I look at it, it's like if I know I'm good enough and I can beat all these guys in all these combines all the time, but I'm still not signed, like – like, can I do this? Like, am I good enough? And, like, pray about it and, like, try to start reaching out for people for, like, reassuring, like, what do you think of this kick? What do you think of this punt? But, like, self-doubt has been my biggest adversary. Like, adversary. And I, I would say that I've overcome it in the last few years. Um, some of the last combines I've done, I've tied for first place with – NFL veterans that are now kicking and tied for first place with NFL punters that don't have jobs. And so I think it's just a matter of time before I get it. And it's kind of like the right place, right time. But definitely selfish has been my biggest adversary, dude. It's been very hard to overcome that. But um, once you understand that self-doubt's an ego, it comes from your ego. And self-doubt is is your perspective of feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough in that person's eyes. Like once you start understanding that you're starting to care about what people think, that's what self-doubt is. That's when self-doubt gets in there. It's like, well, shit, like what if I don't look good enough to them or, you know? And that's what, that's what then takes you into that spiraling down the rabbit hole of just now you start kicking shit, now you start punting shit and then, you go home and you're not happy at home. Like, self-doubt, bro. That's been my biggest, biggest one that I've had to overcome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people, that, that's, that tends to be the case for a lot of people, especially athletes, you know, whenever it's a very statistical-based, you know, sport and, you know, you're always under scrutiny. It's very, very easy to acquire, like, self-doubt and whatnot. Um, one last question for you. Any advice for the young athletes out there trying to chase their NFL dreams just like you are? What kind of advice are you going to pass along to those guys? And I got a list of advice. Um, But the best thing I can advise somebody, a few things. Um, Just be yourself and the rest will fall into place. Never change for nobody, no no coach, no teacher, no parent. Never do anything to change who you are as a person. Always be yourself and do what you want to do in life. Because if you don't, 15 years down the line, you're going to be sitting on the couch 
watching on TV, whatever it is that you wanted to pursue, and you're going to end up hating your life, and life is going to get real miserable real quick because you didn't pursue what you wanted to do. Um, secondly, um, don't take no shit, but in a different realm. I've had I've had a, a pretty well-known uh, coach that claims to be a kicking coach come up to me before a combine and tell me that I would never be anything if I focused on all three disciplines. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to butcher a career. And he put his finger in my chest and kind of yelled at me and said, look, you either need to focus on one or not focus on any at all because you're never going to make the NFL if you focus on all three. And at that moment, it, it kind of showed me his character and stuff. But if you think about it, there's plenty of dudes right now in the league that do all three. And it's actually the most sought after specialist right now because of COVID. Like if one goes down, they're going to need someone that can do all three just in case their punter or their kicker goes down. They have someone to do the job. Um, I would say if you feel in your heart that you are good at something, don't ever let someone tell you that you shit don't let them tell you don't let them change you don't, don't let them tell you what you can and can't do in life because then now you're letting someone else limit your potential um what else you think a common one i've had recently is like how do you not get nervous in games and i constantly say this if you get if you're nervous in games or you're nervous in anything that you do Say, like, you have a presentation at school or you're nervous, someone that you view as important, you just didn't prepare well enough because now you're doubting yourself. So if you prepare well enough before that big day and whatever it is that you do, you can reassure yourself before you do that thing and the nerve should wipe itself clean. Does that make sense? Um, if you prepare well enough, you shouldn't be nervous. Um, I mean, I got I got a lot more that specifically pertain to kicking and punting, but um, I mean, you can have people DM me and stuff, and I can answer those more specific questions. But uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, perfect. So that's all I got for you today, bro. I mangle everybody. I'm gonna link all of his Instagram, his social media, all that stuff down below. Appreciate so you guys make sure you go follow my boy. Have a great day, bro. You too, man.